0: Thank you for joining us online. Next Level Church exists to lead people to become fully engaged followers of Jesus. We'd love to hear about what God is doing in your life. You can email us at nextlevelchurch.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. For locations and service times, you may visit nextlevelchurch.com locations. Also, if you'd like to be a part of what God is doing here at Next Level by giving, you can go to nextlevelchurch.com give. We hope that you enjoy this amazing message and have a great day. Well, how's it going, Next Level Church? Come on! It is so good to be with you guys here today. I don't know about you guys, but in that Jesus never said that picture, I don't know if that's what my Jesus looks like, but, but it's going to be an amazing series, so come on back for that. It is so good to be with you guys. As Pastor Josh had mentioned, I'm going to be talking about worship tonight, but before we get into anything, I just want to begin by honoring our lead pastors, Pastor Matt and Sarah Keller. Can you guys give it up for them, the way they lead us faithfully before God? It's amazing. It's amazing. And, uh, and I just thank them for the opportunity to be in this house and to speak what God has laid on my heart this weekend. So as uh, was mentioned earlier, my name is Rick Buter. For those of you guys who don't know, I am the central worship pastor here at Next Level Church. And God has blessed my life with a beautiful wife. You see the rhyme there. And, uh, and her name is Alex. And we have an amazing, beautiful daughter. Her name is Sayla. I think we got a picture for you guys to see tonight of our family there we are, so blessed, married up, guys. It is awesome. Um, so, uh, so we're just so thankful to be here at Next Level Church with you guys. It's been two and a half years already. Time is flying, but you know what they say, guys? Time flies when you're having fun, right? And it truly has been fun, guys. Through the journey of it, God's been doing so much in our family's heart, and uh, we're just so blessed to be here. So tonight. Uh, I'm going to begin just by inviting you to read a passage with me. And here's the thing, disclaimer, tonight I need your interaction. Gateway, Bonita Springs, here at Fort Myers, I need your interaction. So to get ready for that, I just want to invite you, look to your neighbor and just say, hey, you ready? And, And then turn to someone else and say, let's go. You guys sound great today. Awesome. So, we're going to start off by reading a psalm, Psalm 29 verses 1 through 3. So, this is going to be on the screen. Church, let's read this aloud all locations, starting with ascribe. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord, glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord, the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Would you pray with me? Father God, we come before you, and I just pray that you would move this weekend, that you would awaken our hearts to your word, your truth, that we would catch a glimpse of what true worship looks like, sounds like, feels like, and at the end of the day, we would just gain a greater, greater perspective and greater picture of your face. So God, I pray that you would just use me this weekend as your vessel to communicate your word, And God, that our hearts would be open and ready for what you want to do. In your name we pray this and everyone said, Amen. 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 So that passage in Psalms said, worship the Lord. And what an incredible phrase that is. It's invitational. It is commanding. It's directional. And it's full of action. And so we're going to kind of play a little bit of a movie here to begin, and uh, we're going to have some scenes to it. So I want to take you all the way back to whenever I was 19. That's how old Alex and I were when we met, and I played a concert at her mom's Christian coffee house. And um, you know, as the, the rest of the story goes, as you know, it's history, right? No. We dated. We didn't date. We dated. We didn't date for the next four years, but praise God. She said yes, and we got married. And, and this Memorial Day weekend, actually, it celebrates our seven-year wedding anniversary, guys. So God's so good. Thank you, guys. It's been an amazing journey so far. So, so, so when we were 19, dating over the years, uh, we attended different churches. And so what I want you to do is to go with us because, because Alex and I decided that we would go visit each other's church. Great idea, right? Right? And, uh, and so, first up, so this is our first scene. So, cue scene one Alex goes to Rick's Pentecostal church. <laughs> and, uh, and so, just to give you a picture of what that looked like, she walked in, and people are down front interceding in prayer God be with us today. And then we, we burst into these joyous choruses. And, uh, and then the moment hits at the end of our worship time, and the, the, the church just kind of explodes in this spontaneous praise, and there's prophecy. Come on, somebody. <laughs> oh. So Alex was terrified. <laughs> and she, the first thing she wanted to do was run out the back doors. She had never experienced anything like that before, guys. And, uh, and she was afraid. She was actually afraid. So scene one. Let's go to scene two. So Rick goes to Alex's conservative Baptist (laughs) church. And so join me. We sing a song. We sit. We sing another song. We sit. The choir sings a song. We sing a song. We sing, we sit, we sing, we sit. It's a great workout. I love it. Keeps me in shape. But uh, in the moment of one of the songs, in the midst of that, Pentecostal boy that I am, I'm like, man, I'm going to worship the Lord and I'm going to put a hand up. Wait a second. And I look around the room and not one hand. Not one. And so here I am stuck in this awkward, God, I got a question position. And yeah. So close scene. This, guys, brought me to a revelation. It was the first time that I had realized that how I worshiped looked different than how Alex worships. And it was the first time I realized that everyone has a different worship experience which shapes their idea of what worship is. So if you go back to those scenes, Alex was afraid. She wasn't familiar with that, it was new to her and so she had fear. And for me, I was just uncomfortable. Well, I don't think that's how God intends worship to be. You shouldn't have fear. And we shouldn't feel like we can't express our worship to God. Right? And so that's why this weekend we're looking at unashamed, living an authentic life of worship. And I kept coming back to that word unashamed, unashamed, unashamed. And here's the reason. If you look at the definition of unashamed church, it actually says an action or doing something without guilt and without embarrassment. And I thought, wow, that's that's how I want our worship to be. That's how I want my worship to be. That's how I want next levels. Worship to be is unashamed, without guilt, and no one living in fear. And so maybe some of you this weekend are coming in, and, and you do have that fear. Maybe you're afraid of what people think of you. Maybe if you really do express your worship to God, maybe people are watching, and I'm not okay with that. Or maybe you're here and you do feel that shame. Maybe you feel too sinful, too horrible, too far gone, and not even worthy for God to look at you. Well, I want to tell you that today, no one is too far from God to worship. No one is too dirty to worship, too guilty to worship, and there's no need to be afraid and stand in fear because who is this for anyway, church? Turn to your neighbor and say, This isn't for you, it's for God. It's for God to bring him glory, to bring him praise, and to put him first. And so, guys, the thing that I'm praying for that will bring freedom to Fort Myers, to Benita Springs, to Gateway, to all of our locations, that will bring freedom and worship is the truth of God's word. Simply that, so that we can worship unrestrained, unapologetic, unashamed. And here's the thing: it's the truth that sets us free. Come on, church. That's what we're going to look at today. What scripture says about worship, it's about God and what's possible, available, and necessary for and to God's children, which is us, when it comes to worship. You guys ready for that? Awesome. Awesome. So a couple months ago, Pastor Matt came to me and said, hey, I've got a book that I really want to recommend that you read. And here's the thing, when Pastor Matt comes to you and recommends a book, you get it and you read it because <laughs> it's going to mean something. And so this book that, that Pastor Matt referenced was Holy Roar. And how many people know of Chris Tomlin? Recognize that name? He's written a lot of worship songs, amazing worship leader of this generation. Well, Chris Tomlin and his lead pastor, Darren Whitehead, wrote this book called Holy Roar. It looks like this, really nice cover, Holy Roar. And, uh, and I hold this up, guys, because when I read this, it changed my perspective of worship. And I've been leading worship for more than 15 years. And what was in this book just unlocked this whole fresh perspective. So I want to encourage you, I'm holding this up so you have a visual of it. Go to Amazon, order it. Promise you, life's gonna be changed. And you're gonna get a snippet today, guys, because what what Chris and Darren outlined in this book are seven words of worship. And I wanna give you some context on this. So, believe it or not, the Bible was not written in English, <laughs> believe it or not, go figure, right? But I think it's so easy for us to think that it was because we just pick up our translation and we read it and we think, man, this is how Jesus talked. When God, when God created the heavens, he said, let there be light in English. That's how we, we read it, but we don't realize that actually that wasn't the original text. And so the Old Testament actually was written in Hebrew and the New Testament was actually written in Greek. And so to understand the truest meaning of passages in scripture, we study these original languages. And it's fascinating because you see, guys, when you unlock that meaning, you just gain such a depth of what passages, what the word is saying. So I'm going to give you an example, the word love. Everybody say love. Love. Sounds great. So whenever we read that in scripture, so many times we just read the word love. When in actuality, there are, are different words that the original text used. And so you might be familiar with some of these, phileo is one of those words, which is more like a brotherly type of love. Another one of those words is eros, which is more like that romantic, intimate love that my wife and I are celebrating for our anniversary. And um, and then agape love, guys, agape, unconditional love. We're familiar with that. And so here's the thing, and this blew my mind, the same is true with the word praise that's used in scripture. So, so many times we just read praise. I can't tell you how many times as a worship pastor I've wanted to look up passages that talked about lifting up our hands in worship, but I really couldn't find that many. There's some in there. Well, that's because whenever I read praise, I just read praise. But here's the crazy thing, church. There's actually a word for lifting our hands, extending our hands. That's 111 times in the old text, but we really don't see it in our English translation. And so you see, whenever you start to dissect that, you gain this this appreciation and understanding of what God actually intended us to worship like. And I believe today, church, when we look at those seven Hebrew words of praise, it's going to unlock freedom in our worship. It's going to bring truth to our worship. Because here's the thing, it's not because this is what Rick says, or it's not what Pastor Matt says or another leader says. This is simply what the word of God has to say. And so when we say that, there's no excuse. Come on. There's no excuse. So let's get started. Let's go into these seven words of praise. And so I want us to to realize what this first word is. And when I say it, I want you to repeat it after me, church. The word is yada. Say yada. Yada. Nice and loud. Yada. Yada. Yeah, that's it. And so this is the first word we're going to look at. This word means to revere or worship with extended hands. To hold out hands to throw a stone or to throw an arrow and this is that word that's mentioned 111 times in scripture and i just thought it was incredible psalm 67 verse 3 let's look at this passage it says may the people praise or yada you god may all the peoples praise yada you so that's just one of many examples where that word yada is used to actually extend your hands to god And so why is this important? Why would would yada, extension of hands, be important in worship? Well, here's here's why I think it's important, church. Because you extend your hands to things that are valuable. You extend your hands to things that are, are worth something, right? So like when your family member is coming towards you or a friend is coming towards you, hopefully you like that friend, you will extend your hand out to them, right? Because they're valuable to you. You see worth in it. If any of you guys are like me, I love food so much. And I think God's convicted my heart as I'm saying that right now. I need to scale back. But if food's sitting on your table, I'm going to probably say the last thing you do is just sit there and stare at it. Right? Because if you do, I'm going to come steal that from you. No, we see that it's going to feed us. It's something that we, that we desire. It's something that is good. And so what do we do? We extend ourselves to, to take it up. If you're really in a rush, use your hands. Or not, pick up a fork, whatever you choose to. But here's the thing, it's valuable. It's going to feed me. And so that's why we extend our hands out to God. Because we see that he's worthy. We see that he's valuable. And I'm going to take that a step further. Come on, food. Spiritually, we know he's the only one that's going to fill us up. So let's extend our hands out to the Lord. Let's yada, God. The next word, church, is halal. Everybody say halal. One more time. hello. Good job. You guys sound like Hebrew scholars. It's awesome. So this word halal, you might be familiar or, or recognize it because it's actually the root word of hallelujah. And we've heard that used in worship. And what is that word usually associated with? Like hallelujah, you're shouting it out. You're celebrating, right? Well, that's exactly what the definition of halal is. It's to boast, to rave, to shine, to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. When was the last time you were clamorously foolish for the Lord? What does that look like, guys? What does it look like? Well, here, Psalm 149 verse 3 says this, let them praise or halal his name with dancing and make music to him with timbrel and heart. So dancing, celebration, joy, there's so much that's associated with this word halal. And so when was the last time, raise your hand if in the past year you've been to a wedding. Raise your hand, cross our locations, right? A bunch of us. I think that's such a beautiful representation of of, of celebrating and dancing and and getting on that dance floor and and, and dancing like there's no tomorrow. That's what my wife and I do. I, I, I might be able to sing, play instruments, but guys, I need to tell you, God did not put in my bucket dancing but I try, because it's fun. And one thing that my wife and I were were just really happy and proud of was at our wedding reception, we made it a point that we were gonna get out on that dance floor and just have fun. And the cool thing was, over 200 of of the guests that we had there were all out there too. And it was such a joyous moment, celebrating what was happening. And that's what halal is, it's the celebration, dancing, joyous. And so let's think a second about that wedding analogy. In the spiritual, we're the bride of Christ. We're the bride of Christ. So what would it have been like if on my wedding day I would have seen Alex, my bride, and it would have looked like she didn't want to be there? It would have looked like she didn't want to celebrate. If it would have looked like she had no joy and no happiness, I'd be losing my mind. (laughs) You're supposed to be happy marrying me. But what if, as the bride of Christ, that's actually how we're coming into God's presence? Looking like we don't want to be there. No joy, no happiness, no celebration. Come on, church, let's be the bride of Jesus that's going to celebrate the victory we have on his cross. And in Jesus, let's celebrate the freedom that we have today, church. Come on, let's dance, let's have fun. God wants us to enjoy his presence. It's supposed to be good. And so let's halal, let's halal. The third word is zamar. Everybody say zamar. Zamar. Gotta add a z to it, Zamar. zamar. That was really good. Uh, The definition of that is to make music, to celebrate in song and music, to touch the strings or part of a musical instrument, clapping, snapping, making music. This one is is pretty easy to identify. If you are in any of our locations, you see a worship team up here. You see instruments, drums, guitars, keyboards, all of that, making music to the Lord. And so that's pretty identifiable. But I know that some of us are, are, are sitting here and thinking, well, I don't have any rhythm. I can't sing in anything. Well, I want to encourage you, that doesn't matter to God. That doesn't matter to God. And this is why I think, if you look at our instruments that are on our platforms, a guitar or a keyboard or a drum kit, that's made by man. That was created somewhere, someone, someone produced it in a factory or in a wood shop. But here's the thing. Our vocal cords didn't come from a workshop. Well, actually, it did, but it came from Heaven's Workshop Church. God created these vocal cords so they are holy, heavenly. And even though it might not sound good, it sounds real good to God. Come on, come on. Clapping right there, guys. God gave us these. God gave us these. And so let's use it for His glory. Let's sing, let's not have an excuse. That's zamar. Let's look at this next one. The fourth word is tahila. Everybody say tahila. That one was the easiest one for you guys to say, right? It sounds like tequila. (laughs) And we're not going to go there today. Um, But tahila, that's that's our next word, church. And I love this because the definition is a hymn, a song of praise, a new song, a spontaneous song. Would you read this passage with me, church, out loud? It's Psalm 22, verse 3. Say this, but you are holy, enthroned in the praise, Tehillah, of Israel. God being enthroned on, on the spontaneous praise of Israel. And it's kind of the same thing as, as the last word, that lifting our voice and singing a song. That can be vulnerable. That can be, be outside our comfort zone." But here's the thing. I, I introduced Sayla to you guys just uh, just a little while ago. And uh, I'm in Parenting 101, guys. I didn't get an instructional manual. I'm figuring out how to raise Sayla and be a dad. And, uh, and one of the things that I find myself doing all the time is singing songs to her. Everything's a song. If we're changing her diaper, we're changing your diaper. We're changing. I never thought I'd be singing that song. The other song, here comes the banana, here comes the banana. Like, Every type of food is a song. (laughs) And here's the thing. For any of us who have had kids or have have watched kids, something something happens in us, right? And we end up doing that, whether we can sing or not. Why? Because we want our kid to be happy. And singing those spontaneous songs, I think, is a mark of setting your pride aside. Because I'm going to put my pride aside, even if this doesn't sound good for the sake of, of In my case, my daughter. And I'm growing up by, by being in this phase of parenting. It's making me have to mature, have to, to walk more in adulthood, having to walk more in reliance of God because I can't do it in my own strength, but with him, I can. And so here's the thing. This, this tahila, this spontaneous song, I want to say to this, t- this weekend, guys, that this is a sign of spiritual maturity being able to sing out just what's on our heart to God because it's setting aside our pride and singing a song. And you might ask, well, what does that sound like? What does that look like? I don't even know where to start. Where it could be as simple as just thanking God and just, thank you, Jesus. That's it. Thank you, Lord. Or maybe you're in a time where you just really are in desperate need of Jesus. God, I need you right here. Right now, I need you not to any particular progression or instrument. It's just my heart to God. It's my heart expression to God. And I invite you, church, to dive into that more. Sing out your heart to the Lord. That's what he wants to hear. He wants to know our hearts, and so let's sing that out. So when we have those, those periods of time in our services, where it is just kind of instrumental, or when we're resting, Sing out what's on your heart to the Lord. Or if you're in your car and you're getting ready for a big meeting, or you're on your way home from work and you know that the kids are going to be screaming their heads off, I know what that's like. Sing a song of just needing Jesus. I guarantee you if you start doing that, stuff's going to change in your life. Stuff's going to change, guys. So that's Tahila. Let's move on to the next word. The fifth word is Barak. Everybody say Barak. Barak. That's good. This one is to kneel and to bless God as an act of adoration, to praise, to salute. I love that, guys, with it being Memorial Day, to salute. Any of you who have any family members that serve or have lost their lives, thank you. I salute you. And in actuality, I barak you. You see how I can use that word? It's not just an old word that was written thousands of years ago. I can use that right now. But to kneel, and I love this because there's a simplicity to this. It's just saying, God, I bless you and I praise you. And so I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to kneel before you, my king. Let's look at Psalm 72, verse 11. It says this, Yea, all kings shall fall down before him, all nations shall serve him, and he shall live, and to him shall be given the gold of Sheba. Prayer also shall be made for him continually and daily shall he be praised. Barak. So again, it's that simple blessing God for who he is and that action of kneeling. It's humility. Let's move on to the next word. The next word is Shabak. Everybody say Shabak. Shabak. Give it a good Shabak. Shabak. Awesome. And we need to lift it up a little bit and make it louder on this one because this is to address in a loud tone, to shout, to commend glory and triumph. So to shout out because we have the victory we're going to celebrate and shout the praise of God. Come on church, let's all say this passage together. Psalm 145 verse 4 says this, say it out loud with me. One generation shall praise Shabbat your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Exactly. Shout forth his praise. And for some of you, you might know this, but Alex and I were originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And um, it's no big deal, but they call us the city of champions. (laughs) No big deal. It's cool, you know. So uh, uh, time and time again, no hard feelings, y'all. Time and time again, I had an opportunity to see triumph to see this celebration and this victory, um, whether it was with the Steelers and in the NFL or the Penguins, NHL, be praying for the Pirates. We're still still holding out for that. Um, and sorry, Bolt fans, you guys didn't make it this year, um, but neither did the Penguins, so we're all good, we're all good. But here's the thing, what was so cool to watch is even when we won consecutive championships or were in the playoffs and won games, the city never got tired of shouting and celebrating, and saying, yes, we won! And the coolest thing was it wasn't just one type of person. What you witnessed were old people, middle-aged people, young people, babies even, screaming and crying. Um, They were all together, rallied around this one thing, shouting victory. What does that sound like, church? Sounds kinda like church. We have people from all different age groups, all different demographics. How beautiful is it if we come together and celebrate and shout out the victory and the triumph that we have in Jesus. That's part of the reasons why we're the church. That's what the world needs to see. If we all just watch people celebrating for sports teams and for singers and all of this, that's all we're going to know of what we're supposed to celebrate. But if the church comes together generation, generation, and generation, and can lift up the name of Jesus Church, that's what people are going to see, and they're going (laughs) to learn that there's something more in life to worship and spend our lives for. Come on, come on. And and, and the older generation here in our locations, I wanna encourage you, you lead the way. You lead the way. Extend your hands in worship. Shout to the Lord, because I wanna tell you, the younger generations are watching you. And if you choose not to do that, not to biblically worship, chances are that next generation is not gonna get it either. And so lead the way, lead the way. We have one final word tonight and that word is toda. Everyone say toda. Toda. And I love this one. The definition of this church is an extension of the hand, thanksgiving, a confession, a sacrifice of praise. And this is the key phrase to this. Thanksgiving for things not yet received. Would you read this passage with me Psalm 56:11 church. Read it out loud with me in God. I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Vows made to you are binding upon me, O God. I render praise toda to you. And so a lot of these other words, church, I had been familiar with at least the concept. This is the one that hit me. That idea of extending my hand in thanksgiving for things that I haven't received yet. And this one hits home. And the reason why, church, is because my wife and I went through a season where we had to extend our hands in worship for things not yet received. You see, after being married for two years, uh, we thought it was time and God had called us to, to become parents and so we wanted to start trying to have kids. And, and the funny thing is, if you would have asked my wife and still ask her, what do you feel called to? She would say, I feel called to be a mom. Simply called to be a mom. And so... Two years into marriage, we're like, all right, we want to walk into that calling. And so we started to try and have kids. And a month goes by. And months go by. Months turn into a year. Year turns into years. With no fulfillment of this promise. And still needing to extend our hands, believing that God was going to do something. And then two and a half years into trying, we found out we were pregnant our promise fulfilled that we've extended our hands for and asked for for years now. And then three weeks later, we lost our baby. Never in my life had I thought I'd be in a situation like that. With a choice, am I still gonna worship God? Being a worship pastor, getting up in front of a church week after week after that happened, am I going to choose to still extend my hands and worship thanksgiving for things not yet received? It makes me think of Job, where he lost everything, and yet he chose to say this, you give and you take away, but blessed be your name. So it was hard. That's a season where it was hard to worship, but we still choose. And then here's the thing, guys, four years in, got pregnant again and that baby came to full term (laughs) and that baby's name is Selah Alexandra Buter and we're celebrating her (laughs) year birthday next month that's God's promise fulfilled church that's him at work extending our hands to receive and so I just before we move any further this weekend I just want to invite you if you're in a season where you're waiting where you haven't received would you put your hands out in front of you maybe it is for a kid Maybe it's for a dream. Maybe it's for something else. But if you're in that season of waiting, I just want to, I believe this weekend God wants to work. And if we put it into action, TOTA, it will bring power to it. So if that's you, extend your hands with me. I just want to pray specifically for this group. God, I just, I come before you see our hands extended, TOTA. God, I don't know the stories all in our rooms this weekend, but I do know this, you are a miracle working God. I do know this, God, that you are faithful And in the waiting, we can be expectant that your presence is with us. God, I pray that for dreams, for things that are on individuals' hearts in our rooms with our hands extended, things they haven't experienced or things they haven't seen come happen in their lives yet, God, I pray by your power and through worship, through prayer, God, that you will see that through. God, that you will bring your work into existence in their lives, Jesus, and they will see your promise fulfilled. And I can only pray this, God, because I've been in it and I've experienced it myself. So pray that you would do that this weekend, church. God, in your name I pray, amen. And believe that. I believe God's gonna work in, in, in your life. I believe what you're waiting for, God's gonna bring. It might look different than what he originally spoke or what you thought, and it might take longer, and it usually does, but that's okay. And so you see, church, We've looked at these seven words of praise, and I hope, as it it stirred my heart, that it brings a whole new depth to who we are as worshipers. We have no excuses. It's not about a style. It's not about a preference. It's not about whether we feel like it or not. No. Church, it's about God's word and I'm gonna let God's word speak for itself. If it says to shout, I'm gonna shout. If it says kneel, I'm gonna kneel. If it says lift my hands, goodness, I'm gonna lift my hands to the ceiling with every ounce of my five foot seven body that God gave me, come on. Worship completely unashamed, with no guilt and no fear. This weekend, let the truth set you free. If today you've never lifted a hand in worship, lift it up without fear. Lift it up without shame. Lift up your voice. Because God asks us to do it. And if you're walking in guilt, if you're walking in shame, or maybe you're sitting in in this room and you've never said yes to Jesus, I want to tell you that God's love and his grace is right there. His love covers up, his, his grace sets us free, and His word even says how great a love the Father's lavished on us, that we might be called children of God, and that is what we are. So there's no guilt in that. There's freedom. There's praise, church. So I'm going to ask the worship teams across our locations to join me on the stage, and what we've done is we've carved out some time to put into practice these actions, these truths about worship and and church my heart's desire is that we would be a church that worships in spirit and now today worships in truth a church who celebrates the biggest for Jesus who shouts the loudest to thank and praise God who no longer will hold back from the glory that God is due so I want to do something we started with a Psalm Psalm 29 I want us to say that again as the church. But now with this understanding and this truth that worship isn't an option and we don't have an excuse because God's word shows us. Church, can you read this psalm out loud with all that you have with me, starting with the scribe? Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Amen. So I'm going to pray. And following that prayer, the worship team is going to sing over us. They're going to sing the song, So Will I. And let that song, let his word, let God's word sing into your heart. It talks about creation, every piece specifically designed to sing praise to God. And guess what? We're a part of that too, church. You and I have been created and called to worship God. That's our purpose. So sit, invite God's presence to wash over you, listen to the lyrics, watch the graphics. And then after that, we'll invite you to stand and join the team. And then for the remainder of our time, let's zamar, let's toda, let's tehillah, let's yada, let's shout, let's sing, let's clap, let's lift our hands and sing songs to the Lord. Church, it's time. It's time for us to arise and to be the church that worships God in truth. Would you pray with me this weekend? Bow your heads. God, you see us here, your people, and I pray that this weekend we as a church would step into a new season of understanding, a new season of worship, where we worship in truth, God, where we no longer hold back, or we no longer stand in guilt, or we no longer stand afraid, God, because your truth is what sets us free, free to worship, free to live, free to breathe, free to live and have our being in you, Jesus. And so I pray that this is a new season of worship, God, that we would step into new ground, that all barriers would be thrown off, and God, that we would be just lifted up with joy, God, that you would lift up our heads to see you, Jesus, as our Lord, and that we would worship you with all that is within us, that we would bless your holy name. And it's in that name, Jesus, that we can say and do. And so tonight, if you're in this room, across our locations, if you've never claimed that name as your Savior, Jesus, I want to invite you to walk into the family of God, the family that lifts up a chorus of praise because we know we can't live this life alone. And you're not meant to live this life alone. So if you want to choose Jesus tonight as your Savior, dedicate your life to him. I just want to invite you to lift your hand with me across all our locations. Just lift up your hand and pray this with me. Jesus, I know I'm a sinner in desperate need of a Savior. And so today, I choose you. I choose you to enter my life. I choose to join the family of God, your children that lifts up worship to you. I choose you, Jesus. It's in that name I pray. Everyone say, amen. Church, let's worship God with all that we have.